2: Welcome everyone to
3: Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN.com, Giants Reporter, and we're here with the Senior Bowl episode. Yeah, the Senior Bowl, this is at that time of the year, usually the week before the Super Bowl, is when the most of the most of the NFL descends on Mobile Alabama to check out the top seniors. It's not necessarily all the top seniors anymore. But you get the point. It's mostly upperclassmen guys who maybe graduate early. Whatever it may be, they go, they work out, they have a game down in Mobile, Alabama. It's run really well. And we're going to talk to Connor Hughes. He's down there. Joe Shane talked on Tuesday. And what it did provide was sort of an idea and an outline of what we're going to expect from this offseason from the Giants. And number one, obviously, is the quarterback situation. How relevant is that in the draft? Where does Daniel Jones fit into all this? And if you're into splash, if that's what gets gets you going, if that's what gets your juices flowing, I've got something for you. I'm going to propose something, and I'm going to give you the outline of what it would take for the Giants approximately to trade up to the number one overall pick. If if you want to get that splash quarterback, that Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniel. You're likely gonna have to trade up into the top three, maybe four. So what will it take to get to that top spot? I'll give you an idea of approximately what it's gonna take. But we'll get to Connor in a few minutes. Also, he'll get uh not only talk about the the quarterback position, what to expect from there, but also Saquon Barkley, the expectations for the Giants this over this offseason overall, what his impressions were after hearing Joe Shane speak. We'll get to that in a minute. But Let's think for a second. All right, number one overall pick, the Chicago Bears. Now, they have Justin Fields. Do they really believe in Justin Fields? It's kind of a mixed opinion upon the NFL of whether the Bears are going to go and roll forward and move forward with Justin Fields, or they're going to take the opportunity to reset, get a younger, cheaper quarterback, and start over. Because also there are persisting concerns when it comes to Justin Fields. In particular, him you know, being able to throw the ball consistently. So those exist. So that's an opportunity if the Bears decide to go in that direction. Number two is the Commanders, and number three is the Patriots. Now, those two teams seem destined, destined to draft a quarterback. So if the Giants want one of the top three, and we're talking about Caleb Williams, Drake May, and LSU's Jaden Daniels, there's a clear hierarchy, it seems, in this draft with those three guys and then everybody else. There's people that are going to be high on Bo Nix. There's people that are going to be high on Michael Penix. There's people who are going to think J.J. McCarthy from Michigan is a stud too. But if the Giants want to get into that category for any of the top three, and then likely it's going to be Caleb Williams' number one overall, and you can sit here and pick him apart, and there's definitely concerns, and he definitely does not seem like the Giants kind of quarterback, right, the painted nails with insults on about opposing teams, uh, the going into the stands and, you know, crying, the emotional part of that from him. Think about it. The Giants wanted to draft Eli Manning's clone in Daniel Jones. It would be the total other end of the spectrum with Caleb Williams. But let's just say the Giants wanted to trade up to number one overall. And the Bears were willing to trade the number one overall pick. Well, if you look at last year, the Bears were just involved. Remember, they just traded up for the number one overall pick in 2023, right? I mean, I'm sorry, the Bears were involved in the trade. So what did they receive? They traded with the Carolina Panthers, who's, uh, who obviously took Bryce Young. The Bears received D.J. Moore, the ninth overall pick, the Giants, by the way, on the sixth overall pick, so definitely more value there to pick the Giants trade up they're trying to get up to one. A second round pick, a first rounder in the next year's draft, and a second rounder two years down the line. So the way teams look at it is those future picks, okay, the the first the next year is like trading another second, and the second two years down the line is like basically you you lose a round each year. So that's basically like a fourth. So here's what I figure. The Giants, a comparable package for the Giants would be something like this. You tell me if you're willing to make this trade, all right? The number six overall pick, obviously. It's going to take that pick to be able to move up to one or two. Word three. But I don't think two or three are, are even open, so we're specifically talking about one here. For number one, the number six overall pick that the Giants currently own. One of their second-round pick, Their first-round pick the following year, next year, in 2025, and let's say Jalen Hyatt. So would you be willing to trade a first this year, a second this year, a first next year, and Jalen Hyatt, who's promising young receiver, looks like he could be one of those extend the field, deep threat receivers in the range of, I don't know, Let's uh, what comes to mind of like what Jalen Hyatt right now projects. Because he didn't have an ultra productive rookie year, but he also didn't have a lot of opportunity. But you saw he's able to capable of getting open. So, I don't know, a slightly lesser uh, uh, Hollywood Brown, something in that range. I think that's kind of what you could see him as at this point with one year already exhausted. So would you do that? You know, first this year, a first next year, your top second round pick this year, and Jalen Hyatt. That's approximately what it would take the New York Giants in order to move up to the number one spot. Now, I think it's worth it. Now, I get it. You say, well, they have so many other holes to fill. Yeah, they do. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And I think, and I've already said this on the show, and everyone says offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. I think the Giants in free agency. Their top move in free agency needs to be to get a right tackle that you know can start and play and play at a serviceable level. There's two guys from New England that kind of intriguing. One is uh, Michael Inwayo. I don't know. I'm definitely not pronouncing his name right. He might not hit the market. Trent Brown is another option, but something like that. Or maybe there's a trade out there that Joe Shane can make. Something where you need a right tackle that you could plug in there because you cannot take the risk with Evan Neal. So you get a quarterback, right? With the number one overall pick, assuming you make this trade. So the guy, let's say they do pick Caleb Williams or Drake May. I I personally think if the Giants had the number one overall pick, they'd end up with Drake May. That's me. Or Jaden Daniels, to be quite honest. But put that aside for one second on who the quarterback would be. You draft, you trade to number one overall. It costs you your first next year, your top second round pick this year. You can still get a wide receiver in the second round. You draft a quarterback number one overall. You take a, a wide receiver with your second second pick in the second round this year. I believe that's the uh, Leonard Williams pick. So it's middle of the second round. Approximately 38 off the top of my head. I mean, uh, 48, somewhere in that range. So in a really deep wide receiver draft, you can get a wide receiver in round two. You sign a right tackle, and then you have your quarterback, and you build and move forward from there. To so me... That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. What's the other option? You sit at six, you reach for one of these, let's say, the fourth quarterback available. Do you consider Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, or Michael Penix worthy of a top ten pick? Or are you reaching? Or do you trade back into the bottom of the first round, which is something that I've kind of predicted as a possibility? Because to me, it's either you trade back into the first round and get one of the second tier guys. Or you trade up. And to me, unless you love one of those second-tier guys, the move is to trade up. And the only move is something along the lines that I just said. Now we could sub out Jalen Hyatt for another useful player that the Giants have. Whatever it may be. Right? Let's say on defense, uh, who would be a useful young player that might could get thrown into a deal. Man, don't even have a lot of them because it's key. It's not going to be like a player like Okereke or Dexter Lawrence. Okay, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is probably too much to throw in there. Like maybe somebody would take a shot on a Zizo Jolari, but I mean, his value is as low as it could be right now. One year left on his deal. He doesn't have a ton of value. So yeah, it's not that much in that range. I think Hyatt's like the kind of guy that you would look at. He's got three years left, promising young player. Looks like he could play in the league, provide something. You know, that deep threat, when he's on a team that could throw it is going to be very useful, very useful. So, to me, that's a package that I'd be willing to give up. Now, it's up to the Giants to come up with the quarterback that they think is worth, if if there's a quarterback worth doing it. for. But if you think there is, I would go ahead and do it. Of course, it's all contingent on whether the Chicago Bears are even willing to trade the number one overall pick. So, a lot of moving parts here. Let's go
2: talk to Connor Hughes.
3: On to the next one.
2: visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today. All right, let's bring in SNY Giants
0: and Jets insiders. Is that, is that the right title? Connor Hughes here. Is, yeah. is that is that appropriate? I think I think that's what's on my uh my pay stuff. I like just NFL reporting. Like that's, I, I always fight with my boss at the label. Yeah, technically I am the Giants. Against the you of want to be an NFL, the NFL
3: reporter? This yeah, might extend reporter. beyond Jets and Giants?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like an insider just sounds too formal. Like I'm not, I'm not a fan of the insider word.
3: Like oh, I like want to be a reporter analyst. instead of insider.
0: Reporter. Yeah. I think that's better. I think that's better. We're arguing.
3: Yeah. This is semantics here. So you're down in uh, Mobile, Alabama this year. Dude, I said that correct? It's Mobile. And it's from when I, from when I've been told. Yep, Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior bowl. Uh Tuesday. You you spoke to Joe Shane for a few minutes. Uh, what kind? Of, I'm I'm curious. You come away from that thinking, what about Daniel Jones and the possibility
0: of drafting a quarterback? I think it's highly likely. I I, I do. I, I think highly likely. Strong, highly likely. I think it's a okay. strong possibility that the Jets going to take a quarterback. My my thing is where. Right. Like that's that's the thing. That I, I think that if if it goes quarterback, 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 one, two, three, some variation of Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May. Uh I, I don't I don't know if either of those three teams between Washington, Low England, and Chicago. I don't think any of those three teams are trading back. So would Joe Shane love to go up to one, two, or three? Sure. I I think he'd be willing to do that. I just don't think either of those three teams are gonna move. So the earliest that Joe Shane is going to move up to is potentially four. And if that's the case, what quarterback is going to be there? It is Penix. Uh, somebody that he believes is worthy of that pick is Bo Nix. Somebody that he believes is worthy of that pick. Or are we talking about a quarterback in the second round or something like that? But uh, I think that this is a situation right now with Shane where he would like to create the Kansas City model or the Green Bay model where you have a starter in place and then you eventually want from that starter for somebody that you draft. Uh, it's just a matter of what quarterback is going to be there. But Right now, it sounds very much like Daniel Jones is going to be the Giants starting quarterback to begin next year. Uh, how long he holds on to that job, I think, depends on what quarterback is available or within striking distance of the Giants. And what do you think? So my theory all along has been right, because they're in the sixth spot. It is kind of a weird spot. Yeah. There's
3: essentially three top quarterbacks from the people you talk to, and then sort of a gap. So yeah. what do you think of the idea? They Remember, they do have two second-round picks because they traded Leonard Williams. They yeah. have a second-second-round pick of possibly moving up for a quarterback at the end of round one. Do you think that would be something that they would consider, or are they just
0: big top guys or busts? So my my thing, and maybe this is just a Connor thing, but I, I don't I don't love the idea of getting a quarterback and having him sit when he's a little bit older. And and when you talk about the quarterbacks that are after those big three and, and Bo Nix and Michael Penix, those are guys that are a little bit older, right? I mean, they, they've played a lot of college ball, which is good with Penix. Uh, I had somebody actually tell me today that he would consider him to be absolutely a consideration for the Giants, and somebody that he could absolutely see the Giants drafting. His thing is just medical red flags. And if you're not looking at a quarterback in Daniel Jones, who has medical red flag, where uh, it's the ACL injury and, and now two neck injuries, and then you flip that on its head and you've got somebody in Penix who's basically a walking medical red flag, I don't necessarily know if that's the direction you want to go. So uh, that's a fascinating one to me. I, I know McCarthy is the other one, the kid from, from Michigan. I know he's another one that I, I don't, I, I haven't looked into him or talked to enough people about him yet to understand where his true value is going to fall. Uh, but Jordan, it does sound like the giants are are in the market for quarterback. They are going to be considered a quarterback. Uh, but their ideal situation is having that rookie on the roster with Daniel Jones. This isn't a situation like with the Jets a couple of years ago where they drafted Zach and were traded Sam, then drafted Zach. The giants want to have both these guys on the team next year. Right. Well, then you could play Daniel Jones. Uh-huh. You know, have a rookie kind of
3: sit, and if Daniel Jones anytime he hits a rough patch, then you could just make the transition to the next guy, right? And say, okay, yeah. you know, we're we're kind of done with that. So it it, it does make sense. Uh, any idea? Any impression of how confident Joe Shane feels about uh, Daniel Jones being back for
0: the start of the season? Very. I mean, I I think that's. I, I, I... I know people talk about ACL injuries and, and sometimes they last a little longer usually there's some kind of complication from my understanding this was a pretty routine ACL there it wasn't like there were 17 or ligaments that were disaster or, or his knee blew up or or this is going to be a a, a a you know an 18 month recovery like is he going to be available for OTAs and minicamp I don't know is he going to be available for the start of training camp maybe he misses a couple practices but by the start of summer which is, would be training camp that seems like when the Giants are expecting him to be back and that certainly puts him in line to start week one so for all the intents and purposes, it sure seems like the Giants were expecting Daniel Jones to be their quarterback for the start of the summer in training camp, uh, and then certainly the start of the regular season. Yeah, I'm sifting through all these post-its on my desk.
3: I went through all the quarterbacks that had the top quarterbacks who had ACL injuries, and I can't find it right now. But they, most of them did come back in nine months or less, yeah. and maybe even less. Because yeah. if you think about it, they're not really practicing in contact. They're just... yeah. Basically, you know, practicing with a red jersey, even if they're healthy. So yeah, not a yeah. not not something I think that the Giants are overly concerned about. That's the
0: gist that I've gotten as well. No. Nah. no. Even when he tears it up, Jordan. I mean, think it's it's I would be more worried about an Achilles like Rogers had, even though he's trying to make you know, that quote unquote historic recovery. But those are more injuries that kind of make me a little nervous. And ACL, that's so that's so um, almost routine now in in the NFL, where like everyone tears their ACL at some point, and they all recover and they come back, and and some players come back a little bit quicker, and some people have success. and like not everyone's Adrian Peterson where you are it for two K after it. Right. But I mean, it's it's it's. I don't know. I, I never saw him go down. It was like, oh my god, Daniel Jones might not be back from the start of next year. Like usually something has to go wrong in the surgery or in the recovery or re-injury for that. You get the impression at all. That the pressure is on
3: Joe Shane and Brian Dable, that they feel that entering year three, because look, there's a good chance, even though I think I don't know how this would make sense that the Giants flop and that, you know, all of a sudden you're gonna hire Bill Belichick at seventy three years old. But that's gonna hang out there as long as he doesn't get hired by a surprise team right now. Uh, do you feel it any sense that
0: there's pressure in year three from him? Not with Joe Shane. I, I now, pressure to get this team right, pressure to hit it better in the NFL draft, not have a repeat of, of where they took Evan Neal this teetering on bus status. Um, but I, I get more of the sense that if there is pressure within the Giants' building, it's more on Brian D'Aleon and Joe Shane. I mean, Mara doesn't want to have constant turnover. I, mean, I, I think he realizes where that uh, sent him astray when it was, well, the McAdoo, the Shermer, the Judge, like the constant, constant turnover. I think he does want to, one big place moving forward, but if there is that uh, uneasiness or unsettling feeling, I think it's probably more with uh, Dable than anyone else. And and you know this as well as I do, Jordan. That that just stems uh, from the culture and, and and what happened. Very real thing. And I know that there's a number of people that want to look past it, and a number of people want to pretend that it wasn't a big deal, and a number of people want to pretend it was just weight going senile. And these are the same people that three months ago were banging the drum about how good week was and how there's nothing to see here look the other way. But the fact is that there was a culture created by Brian Dable that created an environment where one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL decided he did not want to work there anymore. And that is alarming. That is damning. And, and I think that if that were to continue and boil over and, and some of Brian Dable's, um, uh, how would I word it, is is temperament, uh, is going to rub a number of people the wrong way again you can look past it when you're winning but if losses pile up and Brian Dable's still rubbing that many people sourly then I do believe that you're going to look at a situation where maybe Mara steps in and says you know what this just isn't working we need to make a change here and I don't necessarily think that would be with Joe Shane I think that he'll probably still give that talent acquisition process and free agent process a little bit longer but I could see a situation where they make a change to egg coach now I'm not saying Joe Sheen's looking here with his feet picked up like he's on a resort like, dude, I'm the safest guy in the world. But if there is uh worry of a potential job loss, I think it's more on the sideline than it is. Up They're a package deal, though, Connor. I mean, they came yeah, in exactly. together. They're super tight.
3: Everything they do is like two of them together. I don't know. I would have a hard time seeing go. Because remember, what was the problem with Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman before? Aside from that, Dave Gettleman stunk at his job. Uh, and we could sit there and say Joe Judge didn't do a great job either. But I mean that they were paired awkwardly together, right? So
0: I don't know. I can't imagine. So like you're you going to hire Bill Belichick and keep Joe Shane? Jobs. I'm not saying Bill, but I'm saying you could hire somebody else. I mean, look, I I also said this is not the what you want to bottle your franchise over. But Adam Gase was the reason why Joe Douglas got the GM job with the Jets, and then the Jets fired Adam Gase. Could you pick a worse example? Next <laughs> go. I say it's fair. Like I said, I, I prefaced it, but I, I do I could I could actually foresee a situation where the Giants uh and Mara give Joe Shane an opportunity to go pick his next head coach and or pick another head coach, I should say, if they would be it's in such a toxic environment. Because again, if, if if the if the toxic environment stems on the sideline with Brian Dable, right? I mean, I don't necessarily think you need to say, okay, Shane needs to lose his job because Brian Dable's hot head and rough bunch of people the wrong way. I don't know. Like I think it could be, and okay, let's all blow this all up again after three years. Or if Joe Shane has a good draft and they see enough players there that they believe in, then yeah, maybe you give it an opportunity. I, I'm not like, it's obviously not an ideal situation. Yeah. You want to see Brian Gable return to the coach of the year form He was a couple of years ago or a year ago, I should say. Uh, but no, I mean, if, if we're, if we're picking who's was on the hot seat or maybe you should feel a little nervous, I'd say more Gable and Shane First. Well, yeah, that wasn't so long ago. It was just last
3: year when the Giants had yeah. success made the playoffs. It was also last year. The Giants and Saquon Barkley went back and forth. And guess what, Connor? Here we are again. Same exact yep. spot. How optimistic do you feel at this point for speaking to Joe Shane that, you know, Saquon Barkley will be back and that they they could find the middle ground all of a sudden?
0: Uh I, I think the ball is probably going to and this has nothing to do with Shane, honestly. I think the ball is just in Saquon Barkley's sport. I mean it's it, well I on the side of, of Barkley playing with the franchise tag and not accepting the Giants' offer that they made him uh, before things deteriorate, I think the Giants came out on the better end of this because if you look at the current running get, running back, it's just that the market is so ridiculously saturated and free agency this year. You're you're gonna have Boss, you're gonna have Eric Jones if he gets cut, you're gonna have Joe Mixon if he gets cut. Now, you're going to have a, a number of players out there in free agency that are Swift, but yeah. the Eagles, Singletary. Like, there are a number of players. Yeah, Jacobs, Pollard, run them out. Like, there is going to be a number of running backs there in free agency, which how many teams need a running back? There are going to be more running backs available to teams that need running backs, which means that that market is going to get lower and lower and lower. The Giants are basically going to be safe on Barkley an opportunity to make almost $25 million dollars. Uh, and Saquon said no, and instead now he's played the one year on the franchise tag at $11 million, And Now he's going to basically need to find $13 million guaranteed to even equal the contract that the Giants were willing to give him uh, a year ago. And this is a He'll get $13 now. million He'll dollars guaranteed. He'll get $13 million. Dollars. But now he's coming off a year where he was injured again failed to run for a 1,000 yards again, turned the ball over in key spots, and again, struggled with drops and with his hands and showed that he is not a Christian McCaffrey or a player that's going to be a legitimate weapon in the passing game. So, uh, in my opinion, you have a player now that has... And also, the other thing, too, so you live in a day and age of analytics, uh, it's a very, very clear numbers, and it's very, very clear science, if you want to call it, if you want to veer away from that, that running backs are essentially drafted, they ascend as players until they're 24 or 25. They teeter off when they're 25 or 26. And once they turn 27, they start to fall off the cliff. How old is Saquon Barkley? He's now reached the point in his career where he's going to begin to fall off. And I think what the Giants are probably going to do, and it's the smart business, no matter what On Thibodeau wants to say or anyone else who wants to criticize it, it's just business. And that's what joe shane is operating in the landscape of business that they're going to make Saquon Barkley an offer that they believe is fair to the giants and fair to emin is going to work and if Saquon wants to go find better elsewhere he'll go find better elsewhere will the giants match it i don't necessarily know i think joe shane was willing to come a little bit out of his comfort zone a year ago maybe he doesn't again this year but for him he's made it pretty clear to us jordan whenever he's spoken that he has uh financial resources that he is willing to invest in premium positions That's what he's willing to do: pay premium positions, premium money. When you play non-premium position, like safety, like running back, he's going to pay you accordingly. Saquon Barkley willing to accept that deal, knowing he's going to remain in the New York market, potentially set himself up for a a job, like maybe Michael Bryan had or Tiki Barber has. Maybe I don't know, but if if the goal is money, I think he's going to be able to find more elsewhere.
3: Where are the Giants
0: in the defensive
3: coordinator search at this point?
0: I. pretty close. I don't, I don't know when this is running. I guess this is running on Thursday. You're going to have an answer by the end of the week. So I think the Giants are down to the final 3 uh, candidates. candidates and they're going to find one and they're going to hire him by the end of this week. And if they're smart, it'll be Denard Wilson. I think I've got the star. Connor Hughes, the man. Uh, NFL reporter, right? There we go.
3: There we go. There we go. I like Down that. in like Mobile, that. Alabama. I see him there. He's sitting there. The sun's out. He's got his shades on. A Mo- Mo- Mobile, by the way, Always sneaky,
0: chilly there, though, isn't it? It's usually, yes. Like, I've been here in a coat and hat, but it's actually 70 degrees and sunny right now, so something's oh. changed. Yeah. I haven't been out there in a few years.
3: Uh, actually, you're a very good scouting spot. Uh, you, you got a chance to look at Michael Penix or Bo
0: Nix so far? I did, yeah. I actually just watched their practices. I, I think Penix a pretty fun. Like, he's one of those guys that, that again, it's... The medical stuff is real, and I would be slightly worried about that. But if, if some team is willing to keep it, or if some team can, can commit to keeping him upright, I think he could be a really really good player. And and Bo Nix, I just need to I need to I need to talk to a little bit more people about him specifically.
3: Apparently, there's a lot of people that like scouts and
0: in the league that are going to be really high on Bo Nix. Yeah, somebody told me actually I was talking to somebody down here. Now again, like I didn't ask specifically of like what makes him special. Like I know Penix. But somebody said Bo Nix could find himself in the top ten to fifteen range. Like that's like they they think with a good with a good week of practice here, he could put himself in the top 10.
1: 15 so We'll see.
0: It's funny because I don't really see that
3: because I, I when you watch him like all they did was throw like bubble screens behind behind the line yeah. of scrimmage. Like I don't know. I mean I get I get it. He's talented, but I mean Auburn wasn't great. He's throwing behind the line of scrimmage. He's not doing that much downfield yeah. in in uh,
0: Oregon. I don't know. Dude, I I when it comes to drafting NFL quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks, no one knows. There's no one that knows this is a science. Because if they did, that person would be getting ten million dollars a year or more to find every NFL team a quarterback. There there are so many of these guys that come out that are supposed to be stars that aren't. They're supposed to be that speed arms that are. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence; he's even struggling. So I I'm, I'm I'm on the wait and see. Draft this guy and see if he can play. it. Yeah,
3: the JJ McCarthy one's going to be interesting too because yes. they didn't really ask him to be the guy. So Correct. it's a, yep. it's a huge projection. So I, I, ask around, I bet you there's going to be some
0: interesting comments hey. and thoughts on JJ McCarthy. Yes, I agree with you. That's one of the ones like I said, I flew in late last night. I landed like 10 PM, 11 PM. Uh, so I'm still trying to get my bearings stuff. So I'll, I'll be out tonight meeting up some people that I know and, and hopefully get in a better landscape.
3: All right. So we'll have to check back in with Connor Hughes to get, see what he gets at, what he, what he finds late night at Vietz.
0: or Oh, no, I, I avoid beats, man. I know you, uh, some of our mutual friends have, have turned me on to some better cocktail bars in the area. I, I will not be going to the the, the media reporter watering ground that is being there. Yeah, there's that's actually... The problem with, that's the problem with us is we ruin so many places like media people because we find out like where the watering hole for NFL executives are. We go there. It becomes 90% reporters, 10% uh, NFL people. And then the NFL people go find somewhere else. And it's about finding where they go. So uh, I usually don't go to the big ones. I text the people I know and find out where they are and I go there. And, and I can tell you that you been to the Senior Bowl every year since 2016, Uh it began as beats It is no longer meets. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, I've been to a couple. Of, there's actually a nice wine bar in, like, a hotel
0: uh yeah. lobby. Were you there last deal. year? Wait, where did I be? Two it? years oh. ago, I was there. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, it was like, we were there with Graziano, weren't we? Or was that the combine? I don't remember.
3: They all blend together. I remember
0: having wine. Yeah, I remember having wine with you and Graziano's. I was actually
3: there three years ago. I was there the first, the last time I've been there was the first year of Joe Judge. All right, Connor, we appreciate your time. man. go enjoy the mobile. Have a safe trip and uh, see when you get back. On to the next one.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: All right, that was Connor
3: Hughes there down in Mobile, Alabama. We did the best we could with the connection. Obviously, the internet or the cell service down in Mobile, Alabama is not the greatest, but we still got, we plowed through it and we still got some very interesting little nuggets and information out of there. Number one, and first and foremost, to me at least, what I took from that is it seems that the feeling down there in Mobile, Alabama, this is the impression I got from Connor was that none of those top three picks are going to be available. That the draft is going to go, likely going to go, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And in that case, for me, the move for the Giants would be move move into the back half of the second round and get the second tier guy that you like. Now, we'll see. That doesn't mean it's written in stone because everyone in the NFL thinks it. The Bears could just be playing their hand close to the vest. Because remember, this is a very delicate, fine line here. They have to make sure they don't alienate Justin Field. Because what if the scenario unfolds where they decide to keep him? So right now, maybe they haven't made their final decision. Maybe they have to just play it very carefully until they get a deal. That they can't just dangle it out there that they're searching, that they're looking to make a trade. Because then, you know, Justin Fields is basically made to look like crap. His teammates are going to, you know, the guys that are friendly with him are going to you know, basically go out there publicly and be unhappy with the organization, so they're in a tough spot. But it does seem like, from what Connor said, that their belief is that those first three picks are going to go quarterback, 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 which make would make the number one pick, none of those picks really available. And would make it very difficult because if it's a three-quarter, top three quarterback draft, the Giants are in that second tier. So to me, it makes sense to go to the, trade into the back half of the first round if that's going to be the scenario. But that's just the talk right now at the Senior Bowl. Things can change. The combine is at the end of February – into March. By then, we should have a better feeling and understanding. We'll see where things are there. But thinking about the senior bowl takes me back to an encounter I had or butting of the heads I had with Jerry Reese. So this is going to take us into the Jordan and the beep portion of this episode. It's where I tell you uh, what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. Now, Joe Shane obviously speaks to the media. Dave Gettleman was even available to the media at the senior bowl. Joe Judge talked one year at the Senior Bowl when he was first hired, Jerry Reese had no desire to be the front face of the organization. Now, of course, his job demanded that he was the front face of the organization at times because he's the general manager. But the reality is that he didn't talk unless he had to, unless they kind of told him he needed to. So even for at at an event like the Senior Bowl, finding Jerry Reese was difficult. He just wanted to be a scout, right? That's what he was. He was a former scout. He just wanted to pick players. He didn't want anything else that came along with it. He didn't want the credit, he didn't want the FaceTime. He didn't want to be out there. like that was that was not his thing. I'll give him that. So I finally bump into him. I finally find him bump into him leaving with his whole with a whole bunch of his staff, sneaking out the back, kind of leaving the, the stands and the bleachers. and out of nowhere, he makes a snide comment like, "Oh, I heard what you said." And I was like, "Ha Like I hadn't seen him in months. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." I don't, I don't remember. And boy, he shredded me, saying something along the lines of Demontre Moore. And I said, I, I made it out that he called out Tom Coughlin uh, about because about something he said at the. So he ta- usually talked Jerry Reese at the middle of the season and I, or, or maybe it was the end of the season. That he called out Tom Coughlin for not getting the most out of the guys that he drafted like Demontre Moore. It was all about Demontre Moore. And I was just like, whoa. And his whole staff was standing there and looking at me, And I just didn't even know what to say. And I just laughed it off because I thought he was joking. And then later, out, I, later on, I out he wasn't joking. He was pissed. I'm not sure we ever really had a conversation after that. So... That is one of my, I was gonna say fondest, but it's certainly not fond. One of my biggest senior bowl memories was that's where Jerry Reese and mine relationship was officially over. So these are the kind of the things you have to deal with. And then at the same time, his whole staff was looking so that for a while, nobody could talk to me because I was persona non grata with everybody. And these are the things you have to deal with when you're covering a team, the ups and downs. I've talked about it before with players. And coaches, same thing with general managers and executives. They go up and down, they get pissed at you, you you iron it out, you work it. Sometimes you don't iron it out. Me and Jerry Reese, never ironed it out. And since he's been general manager, there was a couple stories I tried to call him and talk talk about. Stonewalled. No return call. But, hey, part of the game. It's all part of this game that we play. This is sports. This is entertainment. Got to keep that in mind. I always try to keep that in mind. I tell people that all the time. But that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends. We're going to have a lot of pre-draft, pre-free agency stuff in the next few weeks. I got a vacation coming up, so we're going to have one week where there, I believe, the week before the combine where there will be no episode. But otherwise, expect an episode every week. This one's early in the week. Usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are going to be the target dates. Try to get them out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, especially in the offseason. The earlier in the week, I think the better. So I'll try to be better about getting it done earlier in the week. In the offseason, it's a lot more feasible than it is during the season. I'm Jordan Rodon. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.